Okay, we're going to be in John chapter 10 tonight, and we're going to continue to look at the I am statements of Jesus. And one of the reasons that I started looking at this uh, through these live streams is because I, I can't think of a better time to uh, consider who Christ is. And the Gospel of John is very what's called Christological. It deals with the identity, the person, the work, and the nature of Jesus. And uh, part of that has to do with the I am state statements that Christ makes uh, and that are recorded by John himself. And so we looked at two of them already. Uh, one, the first one was I am the bread of life. We unpacked that a little bit. And then uh, last time we looked at I am the light of the world. And tonight we're going to look at a different one. Uh, we're going to look tonight at I am the door. And we're looking in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And so I want to read those for us right now. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all, out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they do not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand uh, what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity tonight to study your word and to examine it and consider what, what this may mean and what the implications are for our life. God, help us to apply it tonight Help us to live by its truths and claim those truths for our own life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. There's a couple things here that I want to point out. And the first one is I want, to, I want us to note for a second the intimacy that exists between the shepherd, who is Jesus, and the sheep, who are the redeemed. And so I want us to look back at verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read it for you again. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls out his own by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will uh, flee from him, uh, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, in order to understand what Jesus is saying here, we need a little bit of background. 
because we, most of us, some of you probably have, but most of us have never raised sheep. We've never been a shepherd. We don't understand the dynamics of having a sheep fold and managing a flock and uh, all of those things. And so there's some things here that we have to kind of define, some things that we have to understand. And these are all things that Jesus' hearers would have totally got. I mean, this is their society. This is what this is their everyday life. And what he's doing is using this everyday analogy, something that they would have grasped already. And so he didn't have to explain any of this to them. They would have understood the dynamics between a shepherd and the sheep and the sheepfold. But we don't. And so we got to kind of think through it a little bit. So there's a couple of things introduced to us that we have to define. And the first one is a sheepfold. And so what is a sheepfold? Well, essentially, that is nothing but a pen. And a lot of times what they would do is they, they would have a couple different methods of pinning in sheep. But one thing that they could do is they would use natural formations. So for example, uh, someone could make a, a cave, for example, into a sheepfold or a sheep pen, we might call it, where they would keep their sheep and, and keep them safe, gather them all together and put them in that cave. But uh, that's not really what this is talking about. This is talking about more of an enclosed area, uh, probably in a courtyard, probably near somebody's house where they have built up a fence. And a lot of times those fence were built with stones that were sort of stacked up and uh, it would it would be placed in a particular pattern and all those sheep would be gathered in together now what's interesting about this is oftentimes these sheep folds were not made for one flock you would have different people who would live nearby near that courtyard or wherever who would bring in their sheep as well and so you would have a mixture of flocks coming in together being housed in that same sheepfold and so that's what that is it's a, a an enclosed area for sheep to be gathered in to to remain safe uh, for certain times against predators and that sort of thing but you would have this mixture of flops within it and then we have this concept of a gatekeeper a gatekeeper is kind of like the under shepherd he's somebody who would be hired by the shepherd or the shepherds depending on the situation. And his job would be basically to keep watch when the shepherds were away. And as they would gather these sheep into the sheepfold, he would uh, essentially stand at the gate, make sure nobody came in or came out who wasn't supposed to. And so that was his job. He was a hired hand, hired to, to protect the sheep and keep them from harm. And then we have another group of people that are mentioned here, thieves and robbers. Um, in John uh, 1, verse 1, uh, chapter 10, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not, not enter in the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Same concept in John 8, it says, and who uh, came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. It's interesting here, generally the word translated thief has to do with somebody coming and, and um, gaining access covertly uh, or, or um, 
conning someone or something like that in order to steal property. Generally, the word thief is used when it's someone who uh, does not uh, use violence in order to take the property. But the word robber is something different. The word robber here is generally used of someone who does use force, who does use uh, physical violence in order to steal. And so uh, there, there's a, two different sort of types of thieves that are mentioned here. Now we use them interchangeably in the English language, but both of these concepts are involved here. And they're involved, you see it, see it in verse 10, if you look back in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And so that is the thief's primary means of, of stealing property uh, or getting what he wants is through uh, stealing, killing and destroy. And then we have somebody else, right? We have uh, the shepherd. The shepherd. Now, the shepherd's job, and you probably know this already, but the shepherd's job was primarily to take care of the sheep. They cared for them, they protected them, they provided for them, uh, and all of those things, and they kept them safe. Uh, the shepherd of the flock would, would love them and train them and make provisions for them and, um, and all, all that kind of stuff. And so the flock needed the shepherd. In fact, they were reliant upon the shepherd. Even There were even grooming things that the shepherd had to do for the sheep, uh, otherwise they might die or, or their wool might grow to the point where they can't move or they could get stuck on their back and they would require the shepherd to come and, and render them aid in that way. And so uh, that's what the shepherd does. He loves, cares for, and provides for the sheep. Now what we have in this text is a beautiful picture where Christ is the shepherd. Now I know he said I am the door, but in a few verses later that we'll look at next week he says I am the good shepherd. And so we'll unpack that uh, some more then. But in this picture Jesus Christ is the shepherd. And there's this intimate relationship that is being demonstrated in the text between Christ as the shepherd and God's people as the sheep. And that intimate relationship, I think, is being demonstrated in a couple different ways. The first way it's demonstrated is by his voice. You look in verse 3. It says, To him, that is to the shepherd, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verses 4 and 5. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will, uh, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of stranger. The picture here is one of a large uh, penned-in area where you have a mixture of flocks sheep from different flocks under different shepherds all mixed in together and then the shepherd comes and he with his voice he calls his sheep and the sheep hear his voice and they recognize it 
see shepherds in this day would have uh, a unique call that they would make to their sheep and what would happen is in this sheepfold with all these different flocks as a shepherd would come and make his call the sheep from his flock would respond and they would begin to separate from the rest of the sheep gather behind the shepherd and he would lead them out and go before them now when the shepherd would do his call and then the sheep would um, follow him and be separated from the rest of the sheep, there's a couple of different things going on here that I think are important I think that are applicable to us. The first one is they hear his voice. They hear his voice. Now that's important. I mean, it's important for believers to hear the voice of our good shepherd and I think sometimes what happens is we get so busy and and I realize now we've sort of slowed down because of this quarantine and shutdown and all that stuff but generally speaking our schedules are so full that our ears are full and we don't tend to hear the shepherd's voice because what happens tell the truth what happens is when you get really busy and really stressed you don't neglect your work typically you typically neglect the word that's the shepherd's voice that is God speaking to us well when you get stressed and busy and all that stuff you generally don't neglect those things that are right there in your face but what you will neglect is the word and prayer or when you worry you generally will neglect the word and generally neglect prayer but what is happening here is God is reminding us of what sheep who belong to the shepherd are to do they're to hear his voice and I really think that one of the primary reasons uh, for this coronavirus at least one of the things I think that God is bringing out of the coronavirus is he is forcing us all to stop for a second to just slow down so we can hear him and be reminded of who he is be reminded that we're not in control hey, do you feel in control right now because you're not it's a time for us to pause and as sheep hear the voice of our shepherd but here's the second thing that I think is important about this is not only do they hear his voice they follow his lead you see, he, he calls them, and yeah, they hear it, but there's a difference in simply hearing it and hearing it and obeying it, right? I mean, the other people, the other sheep that belong to the other flocks, well, they heard it, right? But what's the difference? What's the difference if there were four flocks here, one belonging to Christ, what's the difference between the three that heard it and then the the one that heard it and then responded it's that they, they were obedient to the call and so as Christ calls them they hear it and they respond to it listen Jesus Christ is our Lord he's the one that we listen to we don't listen to the voice of strangers we listen to our Shepherd who is Christ now I think that this is absolutely key for us because most of the time when people find themselves in some sort of dilemma where do they go for advice 
Where do they seek counsel? I mean, do they run to the Word of God where God's revealed will is there for us and where every area of our life is is laid out before our eyes and if there's not something that's uh, explicitly spelled out for us in the word there are many uh, implicit principles that we can apply to every situation that comes our way is that where people run or do they go to their godless friends do they go to pop psychology to get advice where where do they go now where should the people who belong to the sheep or who, who belong to the flock of Christ go? We should go to him. We should go to his word and not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. You see, they heard him and they followed his lead. That's what people do with their Lord. They listen to him and they follow him. But here's the third thing about uh, these uh, sheep that belonged to Christ, they did not listen to strangers. Now, what does that mean? Who are these strangers? Who are these thieves and robbers? Well, likely he's talking about false teachers here. People who uh, teach doctrine that is contrary to God's word. And, and it's dangerous because often what happens is they have just enough of the truth to blind you from the lies that they're telling. And so what happens is every spiritual fad that sort of blows through the church by the wind is being clinged to and followed like it's the greatest thing uh, to ever come along. When we have all we need for, for life and godliness in Christ already. And so they don't listen to strangers. They listen to him. They follow his word. We, we test the spirits when someone stands and preaches the word. And with the way that we do that, as the Bible commands us to do, is we take the scriptures and we act like the Bereans. We examine the word of God to see if what this man is telling us is true. And so we don't listen to the voice of strangers. We have one Lord, one shepherd, and that's who we follow. Listen to me. I'm, I'm your pastor. If you go to Thaxton, I'm your pastor. God has given me a great deal of, uh, of authority in that office, but my authority does not go beyond the word of God. I mean, the, the moment I begin teaching you something that is contrary to the word, I'm wrong and the word is right. So we don't listen to strangers. We follow Christ. So the first thing would be his voice, right? That demonstrates this intimacy. But here's the second thing. His knowledge. His knowledge. Look at this. And I think this is so important for us. In, in verse 10, it says, To him the gatekeeper opens. Now, him being the, the shepherd. So to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And look at what this says in this last clause. And he calls his own sheep by name, by name. He knows the name of his sheep. Now that's, that's big. That's good news for us. During this time, we are um, living in isolation. 
And one of the great tools of the enemy, I believe, is isolation. I believe that using isolation, the enemy is able to whisper in our ear things that are not true. I believe the enemy will tell us that we're alone and that nobody loves us and we don't matter. One of the things that I had mentioned to, uh, I can't remember who it was, I believe I, I do remember, but I don't want to name them. One of the things I was talking to them about was um, mental illness. And I told them that I was really concerned that with this shutdown and this uh, shelter in place stuff, that we're going to begin to see uh, mental illness crises go, go through the roof. And just yesterday I was reading and I saw where a suicide hotline had 800, had an 800% increase in calls just during this time. Listen, the enemy will whisper lies to you. And what's crazy about that is the, the enemy's whispers are seem loud. And we listen to them, it seems like. But listen, as God's sheep, as the sheep that belong to the Lord, we don't listen to the voice of strangers. I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that Christ knows your name. I think this is such an amazing point in this text about the shepherd knowing the name of the sheep and having that intimate relationship with them. I think it's an important point and, and really very profound because if you think through it for a second, in his name, in the name of Christ, souls are saved. Worlds are created. Stars are hung on nothing in his name. Yet he knows our name. I, I, demons are driven out in his name. Prayers are answered in his name. Sign, signs and wonders are done in his name, but he knows our name. Sinners repent. Forgiveness is given in his name. Salvation is imparted in his name. The Holy Spirit is received in his name, yet he knows our name. In his name, at his name, one day, everyone's knee will buckle. They will bow to his lordship under the weight of his majesty. Confess him as Lord. And that same Lord who wields that sort of power, that sort of rule and reign, knows your name. He loves you. He cares for you. You matter. So in all of this isolation, don't let it get the best of you. Remember who Christ is and remember that he loves you. And then here's the third thing. Not just his voice, not just his knowledge, but also his ownership. His ownership. Verse 4, it says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You'll notice there it talks about him bringing out his own. That, that is to say that 
in the sheep folds, there's this mixture of sheep, yet not all of them belong to him. He brings out his own. There is a group of sheep within that fold that are his flock. They belong to him. Now, it's one thing to know about God. It's another thing to know God. And it's one thing for him to know your name, but it's another thing for you to belong to him. If you're saved today, the great news of the gospel is that you've been bought with a price. You are his. You belong to him, which means you're you're under his care as the shepherd. You are under his provision. He provides for you, loves you, cares for you, sustains you, nourishes nourishes you. It's no wonder then the Bible tells us we have all we need for life and godliness in him. So we belong to him. I can't help but when I start thinking about Christ as our shepherd and uh, this text in particular and, and also when we get into the rest of it next week when we look at him being the good shepherd, I can't help but think about Psalm 23. I can't. It just it pops in my mind. It's this beautiful picture of the Lord shepherding his people. I want to read it to you real quick, at least part of it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want that means all that I need is provided by him he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul I want you to see here what's going on and I realize I'm not teaching Psalm 23 tonight but there's a there's two aspects of this there's both both body that is the physical need and the spiritual need here that's being met look at this he makes me lie down in green pastures right he leads me uh, beside still waters we're talking about the body here but then look at look at this he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, let, let's stop whoa, whoa, right there. Does it feel like that's where you're living or walking through? I, I mean, every time you cut the news on or open your internet browser or hit Facebook, what's the first thing you see is a total number of deaths. And we're alive, we're not dead, but it feels like we're, we're walking through the valley of death's shadow right now. But look at what it says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why? How are we able in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death to fear no evil? It's, this is why it continues. For you are with me. Christ is there. That's how. That's how we can come out the other side of this. It's because he's there. He's there being the shepherd. His rod and his staff comfort us. That's how. 
And it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How can we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil? It's because he is with us. Oh, he's got a rod and a staff. He's got a rod and a staff for us that comfort us. And we've talked about a couple times things are, but just to, if you're visiting with us, you're not used to my teaching and you haven't maybe sat under uh, any teaching where, where Christ is using a shepherd motif. Listen, the, the rod is, is for the enemy. The, the rod is uh, basically a, what you might consider a, a baseball bat. It's an ancient baseball bat. It's, it's wood and got a, a big knot on the end, and it is to crush the skull of the enemy. The staff is for a sheep. It's to hook around their neck when they begin to stray away or behind their hind leg where he can gently pull them back his rod and his staff comfort us even in the valley of the shadow of death we shall fear no evil because he is with us don't let this isolation get to you but how I mean how can these promises be applied to us how can we be sure we're a part of his flock how can we know if any of these truths apply to me personally? How can we know that we belong to him? How can we know that we're under the provision that he gives us as the shepherd? How can we know that we have his care? How can we know that we have his protection? How can we know that we have a relationship with him at all, much less an intimate, close relationship? Well, as Jesus was telling this this illustration the people did not understand and so what good teachers do often is they sort of when they see the crowds not tracking right they'll back up and then they'll kind of break it down a little more and that's what he does here and so he goes back he breaks it down some more and he's like, alright alright listen to this in John 9 10 he says I am the door I am the door if anyone enters by me he shall be saved and will go in and out and find pasture this is telling us that Jesus and Jesus alone is the only way to salvation it's the only way to intimacy with God. It's the only way to reconciliation with God. It's the only way to be under his, uh, his divine care as, as part of his flock is to come through Christ. Now, Jesus here then is insisting this fact. He's, he's claiming exclusivity. He's claiming to be the only way to God. By saying, I am the door. Now what's interesting in this is he sort of halfway leaves his previous motif just to come back to it later that we'll look at last week. 
but not really. He's still sort of there. He's just moving some things around in the story. When Jesus says, I am the door, you need to know that a lot of times in the Middle East, what would happen is the shepherds would literally, as they gathered their flocks into the pen, they, a lot of times there was no door, a lot of times. And actually the shepherd himself would lay in the doorway. And that way no one came in and no one came out unless he allowed it to happen. He provided protection in that way, but also care for his flock. And Jesus is saying, I am the door. I am the door. When we had um, Drew, my second child, we were living in Walnut, and I had a, a German shepherd who since passed away, but um, his name was Colonel. And Colonel, right after we had Drew, we he had his own baby room and you know how all that stuff goes. And so we put him in his baby room and it sort of hit the window of his of his room sort of overlooked the front porch. And one of the things that we found is that every time we would go out, especially if Drew was in his room in his baby bed, that my dog, my German Shepherd, would go and, and lay down in front of that window, just stretch out. Now, this was a big dog, and he would just stretch out in front of the window. He never did that before we had a child there, ever. But that was his preferred position when we had a child in that room. He was protecting access to my child. What does the shepherd do as the door? A couple of things, but one thing he does is he protects. He protects. But the primary claim here in this text, when Jesus is saying, I am the door, he is saying that he is the only way to salvation. Because he tells us that whoever enters in will be saved. And then they can come in and out and, and get pasture and all that stuff. But, but the primary point is when they come in, they are saved. Now, he doesn't say, I'm a door. He says, I'm the door. Now, we talked about the I am statements and what that means when Jesus uses this Greek phrase, ego, I, me, I am, he is invoking the divine name of God. He's pointing us back to the Old Testament where God has encountered Moses in the form of a burning bush. And, and Moses says, who shall I say sent me? And God says, I am that I am. Tell them that I am sent you. Right, And so he's invoking the divine name of God, claiming deity for himself. If you want to learn more about that, look back at the other two Wednesday night videos. But that's what he's doing. But in doing that, not only is he claiming divinity, he is also claiming exclusivity. He's saying the only way to know God is to come through him. The only way to be saved is to come through him. Him. He is not a door. The text doesn't say that. The text says he is the door. Now, there are many people today, and maybe a lot of people that are watching, that will simply say that, no, look, I don't believe that. I believe that Christ is one of many ways to heaven. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. And you might believe that, but Jesus didn't. 
In fact, we'll see in a couple weeks in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, each one of those statements you'll learn has the, direct, the, the definite article. I am the way, the truth, the life, right? He is claiming exclusivity there. If you want to know God, you must come to him through the Son. It's the only way. It's the only name given among man by which we could be saved. It's the name above all names. Now, while the world looks and stays busy looking for saviors everywhere they can look, they often trample over the only true savior. Oftentimes, people will look for saviors in the political world, for example, and it never fails, right? Every four years is the most important election of my lifetime, it seems like. I mean, that's always the talking point. This is the most important election. Look, they're all important. I'm not saying that. Exercise your duty uh, the way the Lord leads you. You need to, to be engaged. I'm not saying that. But listen to me. There is not a soul in Washington that can save us. Not one soul. Only Christ. He is our only hope. You see, oftentimes when people look for political salvation, they end up with a Hitler or a Stalin or a Mao, and what they end up with is, is not a shepherd, not a good shepherd. What they end up with is a thief and a robber who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Many people looking for salvation in other religions, they're, they're trying to find it in other uh, forms of belief or, or in other false and other gods that are false gods and and it's just enough religion to sort of pacify their soul for a moment but its end leads in destruction the only way to God is through Christ it's coming to him repenting of your sin confessing him as Lord believing in your heart that God has raised him from the dead then you'll be saved. Now listen, if you're struggling tonight with your relationship with Christ, and you don't know if you know him or not, and you, you sort of maybe now feel God dealing with you about it, and it's something you've sort of pushed off for several years, and you'll get to it later and all that stuff, listen, you, your life is on pause right now, a large majority of us. There's no better time than right now. Here's what I want you to do. Go to our website, thaxtonbc.org. You'll see yellow buttons at the top. And one of those yellow, but yellow buttons says, Yes to Jesus. I want you to click on it. Go there, click on it. There's a little form for you to fill out. There's little, um, little menu options for you to fill out and kind of tell me what God's doing in your heart. One, one of them says, look, I, I want to know more about being saved. One of them says, I'm interested in baptism. One says, look, I, I want to know how I can join the church. Uh, those, a lot of options there. Click all that apply. Put your name and your contact info, and I promise you, I or one of our staff members or one of our deacons will reach out to you and help you work through some of that stuff I, and I'm not talking about a high-pitched 
or our high pressure sales pitch. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about prayerfully and carefully helping you navigate what God's doing in your heart right now. So would you do that? You feel God dealing with you? Go to the website. There's a link in the description. Click yes to Jesus and let us know uh, what, what God's doing right now in your heart. And we'll be glad to, to help you walk through that. Um, if you have a prayer request tonight, you're welcome to go to the website too. You can drop it in the comments. I, we're going to try to read through some of those in a second. But if it's something you don't feel comfortable with leaving in the comments, you can just simply go to uh, to our website, link in the description, thaxtonbc.org, click uh, Guest Connect Card, and, and just fill that out. Drop your prayer request in there. Or if you're visiting with us, we would love to have some sort of contact with you and, a, and link up somehow. Just click that Guest Connect card, fill out the info, let us know that you watch tonight. We'd love to reach out and, and learn how we can pray for you, love you, and minister to you. Uh, we'd love to do that in any way we can, okay? What I want to do is pray for us, and then we'll uh, have uh, some time of prayer requests, okay? Let's go to the Lord. Father God, thank you for tonight and for your word. It is so good. And we thank you for providing a way for us through your son Christ who came and died in our place, absorbed the wrath that, that you poured out upon him. He absorbed that for us. He took on our sin that we might gain his righteousness by faith. Father, we praise you for that. We thank you that he is the door. May we come through him and enjoy the eternal life that he imparts to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.